Welcome to a powerful encounter with the Word of God, brought to you by Eastwood Annabelle. Um, as a savior, we talked in the morning about the power of one. That means God saving people. And uh, he wants to use sometimes, sometimes he uses many people. Then there are times he uses few people, a few people. And then sometimes he uses just one. Now, in our team for saviors, we are looking at the pattern of Jesus Christ and the way he saved. And he saved us alone. He saved us alone. Jesus did not come to the world saying, we, we need to, people have to be saved and they have to be saved by, by blood. So everybody should bring his blood donation. Everybody should donate blood so that they need blood donation to save the world. No, he just shed his blood alone. And through one person, salvation came to the whole world. So sin came by one and salvation also came by one. So in all our teaching and everything we are doing, we are just looking at the fact that you alone can be a savior. And it's very difficult to think like this. But I can tell you when you start thinking like that and God endorses it, is such a blessing. Life will be easier for everybody. And I can tell you that even you, life will be easier for you because sometimes when you are doing something and you are alone, it's easier than when there are many people involved. When there are many people involved, there's so much commentary. This one says that, that one says that, that one doesn't agree with this, this one doesn't agree with this, and there's so much controversy in the system. But if you are alone doing it, it's such a blessing. Now, so Hebrews chapter 11 and the verse number 32 says, What more shall I say? For time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and of Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, Stopped the mouth of lions. Quench the violence of fire. Now go back to the verse 33. I, I don't think the things that we are reading about. Look like they are real. So these saviors or these heroes of faith. They subdued kingdoms. That means they went in and they took a whole kingdom. It's not, it's not like they went in and they subdued maybe Accra or Tema or Kumase. They subdued kingdoms. So somebody goes in and subdues Nigeria and Cameroon. Somebody goes and subdues the whole of Saudi Arabia. You know what people, Christians, we are just joking. But you know the freedom with which we are worshipping God today. And we are messing up with the freedom. And we are not prepared to make the sacrifices for the kingdom of God. We will wake up one day and all these freedoms are gone. One day, who knows? It is likely you can come to church normal the way you are coming. When you go to the western world, where the Christianity came from 
and came to us. You go to many of their places and they've turned the cathedrals and the churches into warehouses. They've changed, turned some of them into school dormitories, turned some of them into entertainment houses, and so on and so forth. And then some of them, the annoying thing is, some of the places, um, other religions have bought them and they are using it for their religions. Okay. So, who through faith subdued kingdoms, they wrought righteousness, they obtained promises. And I don't think you like this one. They stopped the mouth of lions. So these were human beings, heroes that were facing lions. Okay, verse 34. They quenched the violence of fire. I don't think there's anybody here who wishes you were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who will be thrown into the fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. So constantly they wanted to kill them. We are having comfortable Christianity. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They were valiant in fight. They tend to flight the armies of aliens. Verse number 35. Women received their dead, raised again to life. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. So you are being tortured and they tell you, if you can compromise, you'll be delivered. And they refused that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourges, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were stoned. They, they just stoned them. Some of them were sown asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins skins, and in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented of whom the world was not worthy i like that statement of whom the world was not worthy the world was not worthy of them the world was not worthy of them yesterday i was telling some people why sometimes some christians die early some some christians and some good people some good people reason why some people good people die early and i was telling them that these good people um, whether they are politicians or you know politicians like Dr. Martin Luther King and others there, there are people who are very good people in our world and they didn't live long nice people President Kennedy nice people they just died they, they left the world early and I was telling them that sometimes it's the devil and witches that kill that is possible um, at times too people die because of their own carelessness but there are certain times too God takes good people away from bad people just to spare the good people some of the troubles they go through because you know many times sometimes we have good people and we don't know what to do with them we, we, we have good people and when we have the good people we punish them so the people that are saviors Everybody who choose to be a burden instead of a savior. I mean, in your family, you just rear your head and say you are a savior. You see that at the time when you are a savior, everybody around you will become stupid because both of them start with S. So as soon as you say savior, they are looking for the other S, stupid. And they are just saying, carry us. And you carry them until you are tired. 
and you the same person in the family doing all the things you are doing you see them tormenting you offending you grieving you and sometimes these saviors get tired and they wish they were dead like elijah who go and sit under a tree and say god i want to die I'm, I'm just like one of my fathers just take me home and they are ready to go and then they god just snatches them away from ungrateful people who don't know what to do with um, with with a good person so you can imagine these good people are in the world and they are tormenting them they are they are harassing them oh today i i came across some words somebody was using on a pastor i'm like can you insult somebody like this this is this is somebody's son or somebody's child can you just insult the person just like that and it's like these days whether you are a politician educationist businessman pastor um agriculturalist whatever people just insult you free of charge and truth is the one who are insulting you they themselves they are doing nothing the only thing they are doing is the, the insult but you know people god has blessed us and we must start looking at the blessings well um one of these days i think um one job we can do which will be good for humankind is for some of us to be able to pick up um something like um, pick up some assignments where at least our whole effort is to appreciate good people in our world i know we appreciate them during christmas and then new year and things but people it's not enough so he said the world was not worthy of them they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in the dens and in caves of the earth is that all and all these having obtained a good report through faith receive not the promise okay god having provided some better thing for them that they without us should not be made perfect so these are some of the good people that walked about in our world and they they were alone they they walked about single-handed saved nations kingdoms and we want to pray today but in the prayer i raised one of the prayer topics in the morning when i was talking to you about the fact that if you are a one-man savior the spirit of god will come upon you and when the spirit comes upon you you need weapons by which you should fight and the weapon something in particular had was the jawbone of a donkey and the fact that if god is with you and the spirit of god comes upon you you don't need sophisticated weapons the spirit of god comes upon you you can use simple weapons because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds the bible said that samson he found a new jawbone of a donkey may god make you find your weapon i'm sure if thousands of people are coming to kill you and you saw the jawbone of a donkey lying there you may not take it because you don't know the jawbone of a donkey to be a weapon this is the part of the animal that animal that has been killed and the, the jawbone is just lying there lay 
and you are looking at it and that word jawbone means um, it means fleshiness it also means soft so you are going to look at it and you are going to say this is too soft I can't use this to fight a battle this, this, this is too small it can't do anything but Samson took hold of it and he killed thousands of people and he said heaps upon heaps with the jawbone of a donkey I have slain a thousand men I pray that you would use simple tools sometimes a little money sometimes a little idea sometimes a little companion simple wife simple husband simple children and you will slay thousands upon thousands may the Lord help you discover the weapon that you have and use it to perform exploits but the second prayer I want us to pray we will do that tonight is wisdom if you are a savior God gives you weapons and then God gives you wisdom but when I talk about wisdom many of you will be thinking about the ability of the brain to process things but that is not the kind of wisdom I'm going to talk about today the kind of wisdom I'm going to the kind of wisdom I'm speaking about today is the wisdom that you find in Proverbs chapter 9 the verse number 10 where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of holy is of the knowledge of the holy is understanding okay the knowledge of the holy is understanding and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom the fear of God is living our time the fear of God is living our time in our generation the fear of God is not there I remember when we got born again the fear of God was so strong there were things you just couldn't do you knew your boundaries you knew you could do this you couldn't do that one you could do this you couldn't do that and in those days we didn't have the kind of um, pastors we have today where the pastor is practically telling you everything um, uh, at the time I began to maybe do something like tithing I had never heard my pastor talk about tithe um, when I received Holy Ghost baptism I didn't receive a full message on Holy Ghost baptism I did not re receive instruction about how to win souls we got those things by ourselves you read it yourself you said the scriptures yourself and then whatever you read you tried to obey it you tried to put it to practice now Hebrews 11 verse 6 and 7 says that without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to him must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him and then the Bible talks about one of the men of faith and that is in the verse number 7 and that man was Noah he said by faith being warned of God of the things yet not seen and moved with fear Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house today mommy spoke about family saviors okay but here is Noah moved with fear reverential fear for God that God is saying I will destroy the world and he knew that God would destroy the world so he was moved people we will have to start being afraid 
I know that fear is something nobody wants to hear. But a savior who does not fear anything, including judgment, cannot be a savior. It is said that it is appointed unto man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. All of us are going to give an account of our lives to God one day. One day, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of what we are doing with our lives. God appoints you to be a savior of other people on earth. And on the day of judgment, you will give an account of everything he gave you. You will give an account of your life. You give an account of your skills. You give an account of your knowledge. You give an account of the money that came into your hands. I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there is a secret supernatural spiritual auditor sitting in heaven and sometimes on earth. The Holy Spirit and also angels of God and they are busy monitoring everything you are doing. Everything you are doing, the way you spend your money, the way you spend your time, the way you spend your life. Listen, even this life, if you are careless and you die before your time, God will hold you accountable for the life you wasted. Because you wasted precious life that could have gone to saving humankind and doing many things in people's lives. So, Noah was moved with fear. The Bible said, let us work, work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. You are a savior. Be afraid. Be afraid of something. Be afraid of the judgment. Be afraid of the fact that if the world loses you, they have lost a very precious person. So you have to be very careful. So God comes and God speaks to Noah. And God said, I am going to bring judgment on the earth a deluge of flood is coming and this flood is coming to consume and cover the whole world and destroy the world and Noah chose to believe Noah chose to believe there are many people we, who we preach and what we say does not mean anything to them they ignore it in fact they, they insult us like in the days of Noah they mock you and Jesus said in the last days the days will be like the days of Noah when people were eating and drinking and giving in marriage. Marrying and giving in marriage. They, they are concerned about nothing. They don't fear anything. These are people that are attending funerals every weekend. But they don't believe they will die. They don't believe they will die. Your life is not in your hand to, to do whatever you want to do. Fear must come into you. Whenever I think about my parents, I, I can't believe they are dead, but they are gone. They are gone. They, they are not here. And it's the same thing that will happen to all of us. The wisest thing you can do in life is to hear the voice of God and obey that voice. And I'm praying that on the day of your death, you will be like when our sister Barbara Brown was standing here and talked about an old lady who said, the church people will come for me. And by the church people, she meant the angels of God will come for her. And she compared that with another man who was dying 
and the angels of death and darkness and hell were coming to take him and he's holding on to the hand of a human being because he doesn't want to go listen people every savior must have the fear of God every savior must have the fear of God every savior the fear of God must be in you every savior must have the fear of God in you God will give you instructions and directions and you will have to keep them I pray concerning this one that we are praying that the fear of God, is, which is the beginning of all wisdom, will come to us. Pray for the fear, the wisdom to fear God and obey Him instantly to save your family and your community. Obey Him instantly. A savior, number one, must have weapons. A savior must have wisdom and the only wisdom I'm talking about now is the wisdom of the fear of God. Fear God. I've sat, I've stood in a church building and around the world everywhere I have gone and I have told them I cannot leave Boga. I can't leave, period. I mean for me it's not a discussion. It's not something I lie down and I think about, I contemplate. I don't even pray about it. It's not a prayer topic. It's just like praying that, Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I want my, my height to reduce. My height cannot reduce. I'm standing at 6'2". And even if my bones compress a little, um, I can only be short enough for mommy to be taller than me. But I cannot go below that. Now, I mean, this is... Um, 6-2. It doesn't change. So I don't pray about it. Being in Borgap all my life is not something I pray about. Because I, America, Accra, Kumasi, any, any part of the world, wherever I go and preach, people are excited, people are blessed. Auditoriums are full. That one wants to see you. That one is a blessing to you. That one makes you happy. That one excites you. All of that means nothing to me. I enjoy it. Thank you, Jesus. But as soon as I finish my assignment, that one is done. And I come back here and I'm just happy to be in the will of God. And it's part of the fear of God. It's, it, it is the fear of God. It's the fear of God. Keep the assignment. I've been married to a wife 34 years. This year will be 35. Divorce has never crossed my mind and cannot cross her mind. I married once and I stayed married once. I mean, it, it is simple. It, it is not the kind of thing I sit down and I'm worried about. And I'm thinking about can I do it or can I not do it? I don't receive an offering in the church. And I call accounts and say, and please, can you take 1,000 of that offering and bring it to me? I, my, my waist is disturbing. I, I want to go and buy Amman B. 
or my neck has a pain. I need armor B. Take 1,000 and bring it. No, the fear of God. You know, you see a lot of these people walk about and, you know, pastors are just receiving the people's money and pastors are spending the people's money and so on and so on. So on and so forth. The truth is they don't even know what they are saying. The pastors, many of them, are not what you think. And if you want, you can launch your independent inquiry and see the way you, they live their life and see the reason why God blesses them. Just, just go and check. It's not difficult to check. Some things in this world are not difficult to check. Listen, there are still pastors and men of God who fear God. All the pastors are not the sons of Eli. But I pray that in your case, as a family savior, and as a savior of the people and the community God has given you, may God bring the fear of God into your heart. May God bring the fear of God into your heart. Listen, Joseph was a savior. He finds himself in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with Joseph. Joseph said, I fear God. I cannot do this. I fear God. I cannot do this. My master has left everything in this house for me. Except you. Because you are his wife. Young man. Can you be sure that throughout your life. You will never sleep with somebody's wife. Young lady. Can you be sure that throughout your life. You will never sleep with somebody's husband. Now let me push it a little further. Can you be sure that you will never sleep with somebody who is not your wife or who is not your husband? Okay. Can you be like Samson who throughout his life alcohol was not supposed to touch his tongue and his hair was not supposed to be cut. Now because the day they shaved Samson, all his strength left him. Savior there are some things you would do and your strength will leave you. Savior, there are things you would do and your anointing will leave you. Savior, there are things you would do and your company will collapse. Savior, there are things you would do and the anointing on you will never be the same. I pray, may God make you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Walk in the fear of God. That is the beginning of wisdom. That is the beginning of wisdom. I came to tell somebody today. In the spirit. You are like an oracle of God. Every oracle has got taboos. Every oracle has things you can do. And things you cannot do. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. May there be things. You, you know what? Set up taboos for yourself. Set up boundaries for yourself. Tell yourself. This kind of thing, as long as I live as a savior, I'm not going to touch it. The fear of God must come upon you and you say, I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to be part of the bribery and corruption. I'm not going to be part of the arrogance and the fighting. I, I'm not going to be part of violence. I am never going to take my hand and hit my wife. I'm never going to abuse my husband. 
I'm never going to treat my husband like a piece of carpet. Why? I have an assignment. I am a savior and I am an example. I pray for somebody in the name of Jesus. May God bring the fear of God into your life. If you can clap your hands and scream, the power of God is upon you. I believe you've been blessed by this message. For further information, please visit www.eastwoodanaba.com. God bless you richly.